0: Again, the doors close at four o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyhar.com/slash/join. I cannot wait to spend twelve weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life.
1: You know, you'll never be ready. Your timing will never be right. So just move.
0: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness. It's purpose. Thanks to Fiverr for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Fiverr's marketplace connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Take five and check out Fiverr.com, and you'll receive 10% off your first order by using my code DREAMJOB. Also, thanks to Simple Health, convenient and affordable care that provides online birth control prescriptions and delivery. Prescriptions are usually $20, but Simple Health is offering you a prescription for free. Just go to simplehealth.com dreamjob or enter the promo code dreamjob at checkout. Also, thanks to Gusto. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named best online payroll by PC Mag. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com dreamjob. This episode is also supported by Skillshare. Skillshare is giving my listeners two months of Skillshare for free You can get unlimited access to thousands of classes. Go to skillshare.com slash dream job to start your two months now. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had the best weekend. I just feel like I'm still floating on a cloud. My incredible sister and my best friends and my husband just threw together the most magical birthday party I have ever had. It's truly an evening I'll never forget. I didn't want it to end it was so amazing. And at one point I got up to say a few words and I hadn't prepared anything. And what I said is that my whole life, I felt growing up that love was something you had to earn. You know, if you were good, you'd get love. If you help somebody, you get love. If you were interesting, you'd get love. And what I feel in the friends in my life and in the people in my life right now I feel so grateful that I looked out in this room of so many incredible souls. And I said, and you've shown me that love is not something you have to earn. Not only do you give it and do we give it to each other, but we give it to each other so generously and easily. And I just feel so grateful to have such incredible human beings in my life, including all of you, by the way, I so appreciated all your DMs and messages You have no idea what that means to me. So thank you so much. And those of you who pre-ordered the book, you guys, you're in for such a treat. They just sent me the newest version. I got the advanced copy and I read it yesterday morning and I was like, oh gosh, I hope I love it. And you know what? I think it's so great. Like I really think after two years of writing and rewriting it that I really figured out how to say all of the most important things that I wanted you to know. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of it. And I'm going to be sending a few advanced copies to those who pre-ordered every month. I'll be choosing five people and sending you an advanced copy. Um, if you haven't pre-ordered the book yet, please do. In fact, those of you who pre-ordered the book, I'm going to be inviting you to join me for a one and a half hour Zoom session where we'll be doing like just a QA and a and just hanging out on a Zoom video chat. So go ahead and pre-order the book and then we will be able to include you on that. When you pre-order the book, send us a screenshot to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and we'll be able to include you in that Zoom video chat. We are going to do it at the end of this week. So stay tuned for details and go ahead and pre-order your book. Before Thursday. All right, now let's talk about today's show. We have the awesome James Victory. He's an artist, an author, he's a teacher, and he's a speaker who helps creative souls illuminate their individual gifts in order to achieve their personal greatness. He recently released his amazing book, Feck Perfection: Dangerous Ideas on the Business of Life. And in the book, he dives into topics like taking risks and starting before you're ready and all of the juicy themes that I personally love. We're gonna get into all of it during this conversation. His. Work work has been exhibited twice at the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and it's been at the Louvre, the Library of Congress, and many more iconic venues. He's worked with huge clients like Starbucks, Bobby Brown Cosmetics, Adobe, and the City of New York. I think James does a great job showing us how we can get paid to be ourselves all of our parts, the parts that people get, the parts that people don't get. I love his story and I love how much he lights up from talking all about this stuff. So I hope that this one fires you up to get into action and start shining your light. All right, without further ado, please welcome the remarkable James Victory. Hey, James, thanks for being here today. I am happy to be here. That's awesome. Well, so can we go back and talk a little about your journey and then found yourself in the world of art and design? And Mm -hmm. let's just talk a little bit about that journey and what got you here. You know,
1: I was born to be creative and it was an extremely hard journey to pay attention to that. You know, I I think the first line in the book says we're all born wildly creative and some of us just forgot, you know, because I know how hard it is to be creative and i know how hard it is to grow up as a creative kid like when i was when i was a kid i was full of wordplay and i and i liked making stuff i liked drawing on everything i love it i was called creative and i knew then when i was a kid that it wasn't a compliment meaning my creativity was not condoned at school or at home or anywhere and i as an adult know that that's the best thing in the world because creativity is dangerous that's its job it creativity's job is to disrupt creativity's job is to invent and and create new and to test and experiment and through my Teen years, I did nothing but try to shove that down deep, (laughs) you know, and ignore it, and you know, you know, try to fit in for a little bit. But it's hard to picture you like
0: that. But I'm, I'm glad you're saying it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, I basically did what a lot of people do, what a lot of creatives do. A lot of people who are creative don't just move straight into their career. They have to fail first. They have to fail at one or two or multiple things. I failed at at a lot of things before I was finally like, oh, I get it. Go to New York. (laughs) I literally there was a restaurant in my hometown, a little small upstate upstate New York hometown where I was blessed with a a restaurant that had a uh, an amazing chef. His name is Gary and Gary, he had to fire me twice. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I'd failed out of one university already and I was waiting tables, but he saw me, you know, he saw into me and he said, James, go to New York. And I fucking did. I'm literally within a week. I was out of there. Mm. I packed my bag. I had $300 in my pocket and I went to New York.
0: Well, tell us what happened for those of those of us who don't know all the incredible things that wound up happening. You worked for huge brands. You have work that's been in the MoMA. How did all that happen? You
1: know, grit and sticking to it, you know, Um so I, I like I said, I mentioned I had I failed out of university because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to go to school, get a degree, you know, and then meet a girl and buy a house and have a kid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And failed out of university, had no choices. I applied to art schools and I got accepted into, you know, all the schools I wanted to go to, but I wanted to be in New York. So I left my hometown, went to the School of Visual Arts in New York. And I, even though even then I had an idea of what I wanted. I had an idea of where I wanted to go, and after two years of art school, I had to have a full time job to pay my way through. And I was a bad student. And so one instructor, you know, took me aside and said, "Hey, listen, you know, everybody's looking for the same jobs, and it's very competitive out there." And he suggested I become, you know, an accountant or, a, or you know, a, or a golf pro or something. Oh um, my
0: God, I cannot so I believe somebody looked
1: at you and said that you know again i was i was frustrated and i was looking for something particular something else and yep. literally left school that day so i just start i started working what happened is i started as a book jacket designer because one of the instructors that i had at, at SVA he had even given me a lousy grade but he was a book jacket designer so i started okay. hanging out in his studio and thought oh you can make a living doing you know freelance and about 2 years into that i realized i was just mimicking his book covers and I was making I was making some pretty good coin at this time I bought my first motorcycle with cash I was wearing silk suits you know I was fancy (laughs) and I said wait wait a minute I have my own opinion I have my own sense of humor and sense of color Mm -hmm. and sense of shape and I've started putting that into my work and my works dropped completely like nobody wanted to work with me Mm -hmm. because they wanted to know that they could give you a job and expect something Mm mm-hmm so I realized that I needed to start to find my clients. Yeah, not not just clients. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's like just getting a job. Yeah, but finding your job. You know, and what the way I the way I work mm. with with people now is they they tell me that you know well at my job blah blah and they give me this whole list of of terrible things at their job and I say listen by the way you keep calling it your job it's not your job there's a yeah. good chance you're sitting in someone else's seat. Oof. You need. You probably need to go find your place. Yes. Obviously, the it's like a it's a relationship. Everything is relationships, mm-hmm. you know. And if it's a bad relationship, maybe you ought to, you know, look around a little bit.
0: Right. <laughs> so I want to. I want to hear this story about how you made like five thousand posters and hung them all over New York. What What's that story oh,
1: about? Well, when I moved to New York, I was a fan of poster art, and then this situation came up. And it was the 500th anniversary of Columbus Day. And there were, you know, the New York Times had articles about like all the parties and the the big parade that was planned and stuff. And, you know, I remembered hearing stories of pox infected blankets, genocide, and devaluation of these people. And I said, hey, wait a minute, there's an alternate story here. And, you know, I, as a designer, had access to the tools. So I designed a poster, it was, it was called um, Celebrate Columbus. And basically the image says, kill an Indian. And it wow. was, it was rather compelling and aggressive. And I made it the same size as, and, and the same quality as all the commercial posters that were out in the streets, you know, not some little flyer. Yeah, I got it professionally printed and professionally hung up. So that costs wow. you know, a couple of dollars.
2: Yes, and does.
1: the only money I had at the time was rent money. So I spent my rent money on on posters and a bunch of things happened that were pretty pretty awesome. One was they were hung right next to Lethal Weapon 3 right. <laughs> or whatever it was at the time and like Calvin Klein posters, right? Yep. And the studio that I was working out of, which was this book jacket studio with the, – uh, the designer's name was Paul Bacon, a real genius, was at, in Carnegie Hall. Our studio was in Carnegie Hall. So I sat wow. – having lunch in uh, Columbus Circle oddly yeah. enough and wow. sitting across from me was a construction hoarding that had all these posters on it and it had six of mine six dead indians right there in front of me I was like ah oh, this is awesome and i sat and i watched uh, a cop car pull up and they start scraping my poster off the wall mm-hmm. and i thought that was pretty awesome that kind of commentary that came from you know the way they understood it but you know you when you experience something like that you're like this is groovy i could get used to this yeah <laughs> i see what you mean
0: yeah
1: and the other story is that you know because i spent my rent money i didn't you know i didn't have any bread and i started getting eviction notices oh boy and i wished today that i had held on to those so i could you know frame them and say listen this <laughs> this is a notice of my conviction This is proof that I belong here. These are the ends I will go to in order to, you know, follow my quest and make work that matters.
0: What a way to turn it around.
1: So that is kind of how I've kind of continued to work. I mean, I have commercial clients. I've worked for very nice clients and still do. Um, But they also know that we have, you know, we have a particular way of working. And um, I want
0: to update the audience in case they don't know your history. But James has work. At the MoMA, you have work in permanent collections at the Louvre, yeah. the Library of Congress. Like, this is unbelievably incredible. I would say you've arrived. Uh, it's and then cool. he also, James started his own design firm and he's worked with clients. Two people we had on the show Howard Schultz was on this show, and James has worked for Starbucks, oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Bobby Brown was on the show. She was one of our first guests, and James oh, did cool. work for Bobby Brown Cosmetics. Yeah, and he did nice stuff. What's really cool unbelievably special is that you've gone on to make work that's important, that matters to you, that makes your heart beat. And at the same time, you've been able to make a living because you found a way to make work that also resonates with all of these other people and supports their vision. And mm-hmm. that is what an artist needs to do. How do artists learn that balance?
1: You know, I think where I start with any job is possibly a different place than where other people start. And what I start with is I try to make myself happy. So I had this assistant for a bunch of years. His name was Chris. And whenever we got a groovy job in the studio, he'd he'd be like, oh, that's awesome. What do they want? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do they want? They came to me. I assume they came to me because they want something I have to say. Mm -hmm. They want what I've done before. I don't put out work that I don't want to do. And what that does when I try to make work that makes me happy, I don't have to ask what other people want, Mm -hmm. because now I have this really powerful ability to say, hmm, what do I have to say?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and what that does is I can talk to them and say, listen, I understand what you want and I want to make you happy. But my first concern is your audience and I really understand what they want. And they want an honest opinion, and they want to be moved, and they want to be entertained. Yeah, you know, and they want to be they want to be educated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, that it sounds arrogant and selfish, but you know what? To anybody out there, I say, being selfish is not such a bad thing. Try it once in a while.
0: Yeah, we we have such a stigma on that, and people forget that they have permission to have a voice.
1: Oh my God, the permission thing is huge. We run a workshop here and we have a a ceremony that we do on the on the second night because people don't have this ceremony they go through and their life anymore. It used to be like you'd go hunting with your dad and you'd kill a deer and they'd cut it open and you get blood poured on you, which was a joke and a horrible. But but it's this moment or bar mitzvah is supposed to be this right. Bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, where it just says, hey, listen, like you're in charge now. You don't have to ask for permission, but we don't have that in our lives anymore. And we certainly don't have it as artists and to to have a bunch of creators here in the studio and just, or, you know, on the, on the ranch and just say, Hey, listen, you're freed from that. Now, stop trying to prove to yourself or prove to other people you don't have to anymore. Mm -hmm. So the permission thing is huge.
0: Yeah. And I, that's why I want to. That's why I really wanted to have you on, because I feel like that's all over the work that you do is giving people permission to play, be messy, not be perfect, all of that. So I want to talk about your incredible book, Fact Perfection*. It's one of the best titles I've ever heard. So let's talk about these pieces, because you break the book into a few sections, uh, six sections, and it starts with your voice, fear, Uh, you have a a whole section on just starting and then action, habits, and purpose. And I yes. love that the book um, ends with purpose because that is what I think everyone is seeking more than happiness than oh, anything yeah. else is feeling a purpose. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about these chapters, just a little bit to give people a taste of what's in this awesome book.
1: So, yeah, it starts with voice. And the idea is so much of who we are is learned or gleaned when we were kids. Yeah. And again, it goes back to being that weird kid. And understanding that the things that did actually make you weird as a kid make you great now if wow. you pay attention to them. If you, you know, I mean, I've, I'm just getting paid for all of the stuff that I did as a kid. You know, I, I had a, a new client on the phone, a startup in Berkeley, California, and he's a super smart guy, and he's a runner and he wants to start a running club and a retail operation. And do it for community and PTSD and wow. cancer survivors and all this wow, kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's like in the phone conversation with him, you know, I could totally count back to all the things when I was a kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, even just like become who you pretend to be. You know, I tell all my clients or all my new clients, I'm like, they say, they call and they say, okay, here's what we want. Here's what we want you to do. We want these pieces, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, here's how I work. <laughs> and right. I just read them their rights. <laughs> right. You know, if it's a great client, if I can see down the road for them, I go, okay, here's how it works there's a fee up front, but the way I work is a profit sharing deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to be partners and committed. Both of us are now committed to the success of this thing.
0: Yep. All right. We got a lot more to cover, but first, a quick thanks to our sponsors. As a creative business owner, I love being able to ideate and build new branches and bring on new people to my team and pay them. But when it comes to things like actually running payroll and filing taxes, it can be so stressful. So Now you can tame the chaos of payroll, benefits, and HR with Gusto. Gusto makes these not-so-fun parts of business much more convenient. It puts the payroll and benefits and HR and management tools all in one place. Plus, it automatically files and pays all state, local, and federal payroll taxes. They offer easy-to-run payroll, including W-2s and 1099s, plus health benefits, 401ks, and more for almost any budget. In fact, they have hundreds of benefit plans so that there's no shortage of options. With Gusto, you can sign, store, and organize employee documents all online, and running your payroll. Payroll with Gusto takes 11 minutes on average. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com slash dreamjob. Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com slash dreamjob. As you're building your side hustle and your dream job, you'll probably come to a point where you want to find a freelancer to help you with the task outside of your expertise. But finding the right freelancer can be time consuming. It can be frustrating and expensive. Thanks to Fiverr, finding the right freelancer does not have to be a struggle. Fiverr's marketplace connects businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services. If you need someone to design an awesome logo or write compelling copy or edit your videos, whatever it is, Fiverr can help you find the freelancer for you. You can see seller ratings and buyer feedback so it's easy to review, compare and purchase what you need from people who you know will follow through with the job. And no transaction is complete until you're 100% satisfied with the work you receive. My team has used Fiverr before for things like Photoshop editing and graphic design. It was really easy to communicate with the freelancers on the platform. They were super responsive and flexible with our requests. And when we said, hmm, can we change the color here or move the words over on this area? They delivered the work that we needed and it was so easy. Take five and check out Fiverr.com and you will receive 10% off your first order order by using my code DREAMJOB. It's super easy. Don't waste any more time. Get the service you deserve by going to F-I-V-E-R-R.com and use the code DREAMJOB. Again, that's Fiverr.com and use the code DREAMJOB. Let's talk about fear because it's the second part of the book and I think it's where everybody begins and ends.
1: Yeah, it's a big part of the book. You know, you can't talk about creativity without talking about fear.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Our fears of exposing who we are, Which is crazy because any art that doesn't divulge something of its creator is bullshit.
2: Hmm.
1: One of the things I talk about in the book, I use a metaphor of um, the gospel song, this little light of mine.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And there's two reasons why we as creatives don't let our light shine.
2: Hmm.
1: And the first is because it's too easy. Meaning this gift that I have... Oh, it just comes so natural for me. Oh, my ability to like coordinate other people's clothing and tell them what to wear. Oh, that's just it's just something I do. Or oh, these goofy little drawings. No, I just you know I just do them on the off time. You know, we poo poo our gifts yeah. because they come to us so easy. You know, there is so many designers who are like, you know, they were given this midwestern work ethic where they they have to sweat in order to, you know, it's like no, 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 totally. No, no. It oh, it comes easy. It should be fluid. This is your gift literally gift to the world so the first thing is we poo poo our gifts because they come too easy the second reason is it's because it's too hard and it's too hard because once you realize you have something of value now you need to share it with the world and we live in fear that someone may not like it but i got news for you baby someone ain't gonna like it yeah (laughs) you can't please everybody so don't even try Someone's yeah. not going to like it. And you know what, Kathy, you know, the first circle that's not going to like it is your friends and your family. Those people are going to like, you know, the, 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 the fear there,
0: yeah. their
1: fear. Yeah. It's gets so heaped on you. Yeah. It gets heaped on you, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's like, you're going to start a business in this economy. Like, Oh God, shut up. <laughs> right. Right. Right.
0: I think that there's also this feeling of inadequacy that when we make something, we don't think it's good enough and so yeah, sure yes it comes easily we have this innate sort of ability but it's it's not as good as you know the person that we can point to whose songs are on the radio or whose work is like yours yeah. in the moma of course so then we we can't bear it. We don't want to make mediocre things. So we yes, don't stick but we with also it. you
1: know that person whose song is on the radio. You know when they're ready to go out on stage, they have fear in them. That's just how it works. Uh, there's a piece in the book. I think it's called um, um, "Brave and Scared Shitless." That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. They they go together. You know, <laughs> right. bravery comes with a, a chaser of fear. That's just mm, how it works. Beautiful. You know, I'm on stage often. 2,500, 4,000 people, and I'm doing my gig and I know what I want to say. And there's this little voice in the back that says, Are you going to say that out loud right now in front of all these people? I'm like, wow, oh boy, oh boy, okay, okay. You know, it just works like that. I was in the studio before this call working on an image for a show I have coming up and I was doing some, literally some finger painting. You know, I'm like, well, this isn't in the toolbox of professional tools, is it? And I'm like, no, that's why I'm doing it. It's cool. Just shut up and be cool.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's, yeah. And that's why I love this whole idea of fact perfection. And, like, I asked Julia Cameron um, when she was on the show, you know, do you really think everybody is creative? And she said, have you ever gone into a nursery school and seen a three-year-old who doesn't like to paint? Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And she said... But what do all the three-year-olds have in common? They're all messy. They have paint all over their arms and their nose and it's on their shirt and they're okay with it. Like, At a certain point, you get told, don't be messy. And unless you know exactly how this project is going to go or end or all the steps in between, don't even start. Yeah, I love that you talk about beginning before you're ready. What does that look like? What does that mean? How can we apply that?
1: Well, I mean, the thing that we have to apply is to understand that we'll never be ready, you know? So there's this uh, really funny story uh, that, that I got when I, was, uh, when I was dealing with the MoMA for my first show. And curator told me the story about Bill de Kooning, William de Kooning, you know, his modern abstract expressionist, amazing artist. He, his work was in the MoMA and he was going to have a show. So he asked for, you know, one of the paintings back and they gave it to him back and he changed it. He painted <laughs> on it and then they got it back and they were like, but, but, wow! <laughs> you know, you'll never, any artist, any yep. writer given the opportunity is going to go back in and change stuff. You know, yep. you'll never be ready. The weather will never be perfect. Your timing will never be right. Yep. So just move, just go. And this leads into like the whole effect perfection thing. And the effect perfection thing is, you know, what's better than perfect? Done. Done is so much better than Perfect. You know, you go to an exhibition, especially a, a new artist or a show of new work. The joke is, you know, the paint is still wet. They're never ready. They're just like, okay, okay, they're like let's finish that one. Get up on the wall. Oh my god! You know?
0: Yeah. And you're so absolutely right, everything you're saying. And there's people listening who they of course want, I'm right. They want perfect. <laughs> they want to hear it. And they want to. <laughs> they want to believe it so badly, but they're listening to you and they're saying, yeah, but look at him he's so talented. Of course he can do this. Of course yeah, it's you know, easy for, you know, I know
1: but the, I get that a lot. I get, yeah. You know, well, that's okay for you. You're James Victoria. And I'm like, no, I'm, you got it backwards. I'm James Victoria because I've always done this. I've always drew a hard line with clients. I've always been in a, in a world. Like if you ask graphic many graphic designers, if you ask them about me, they'll say, oh no, he's not a designer. He's an artist. You know, and the reason is because I have this freedom in my work. In my work isn't, isn't things chosen off of the computer, yeah. you know, but everything that I do and every way that I, I deal with my work and deal with clients and deal with like, just to find a level of happy, it's because I practice it my entire career. Yeah. You know, I just kind of woke up one day, probably late, but in my, probably in my, you know, late thirties and said, listen, I just want to get paid to be James Victoria. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm making things up. I don't want to feel like I'm guessing what people want. Yeah. And now these days, like my job is literally to serve others, you know, mm-hmm. like 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 we're talking right now, like mm-hmm. to serve others. You know, if I make a lot of money, it's not for me. It's for my, you know, it's for my kids and it's for whomever else I can help.
0: Yep. I love that one of the core ideas of the book is to run from comfort. Yeah. And how you also, another main concept, which is similar to that is how the struggle is everything. Yeah. People don't run from comfort.
1: No, they work towards it.
0: So, what does that mean to you? How can we really unpack that idea, run from comfort?
1: It's the way life is sold to us. They're trying to give us some painless, comfortable existence, but all that leads to is, you know, is a beer gut. Yeah. For a creative person, you know, comfort will destroy you. I mean,. So the story I tell in the book is that there was a guy who was in a workshop of mine and he came back the second day and he was like completely distraught because he had gone home and he walked into his apartment and he saw in front of him, his leather sectional couch and right in smack dab in the middle, right across from the television was his ass divot. So basically he he had a job that he hated. Oh God. But he would go home every night with a bag of chips and sit on his couch and watch television until he fell asleep and then dreading, hating, you know, going back to work. But mm-hmm. he was coming to me at a workshop because he wanted to be more creative in his life. And he said, oh, my God, I'm stuck. I'm yeah. stuck. I like my apartment. You know, we get used to those things and it doesn't make us flexible. It doesn't yeah. make us nimble. Mm-hmm. It doesn't allow room for taking any chance or risk. You know, because yeah, because we like our amenities.
0: Yeah, right. And you talk about getting into action, and you're like, action, action, action. Just go ahead and move. Do it. Yeah, and- that's
1: the that's the lack of perfection, and the uh, the other thing we talked about the uh, you know you'll never be ready because when you're ready, you're waiting for permission.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're waiting for everything to be you know correct, and and the permission thing is also it's a commitment issue.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: your inability to start is a commitment issue.
2: Yeah. Cuz
1: once you're once you start, you're committed. You have to, you know, kind of follow through. And most people start by stopping. You know, we have a beautiful idea and oh, then it's yeah. like, "Um, I got to do what? <laughs> I got to yeah. do stuff now?" Exactly.
0: <laughs> what do you mean when you when moving through the book and you talk about habits and you say you have no friends?
1: Yeah. I think that's a that's a huge thing for people to understand cuz we we internalize so much. We react to the world Mm -hmm. We're so used to reacting to the world in a certain way. The habit thing, what's important for everybody to understand is that we are all just a huge jumble, like a shopping bag full of habits. And if you got rid of half, half of your habits, if you got rid of them, people wouldn't recognize you. Your face would be different. You know, you've, you know, you, you got friends who like have a kind of a stiff walk or a stiff jaw or a way of, yeah. you know, that's just a habit, the way they carry themselves. So the thing we have to understand is like all these experiences and these recollected failures, you know, just get built up
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the way to look at them from here to the future is to understand that everything happens to you. I think it's like, I think Rilke said, you know, experience everything, the beauty and the terror. You know, and the idea of like you said, you have no friends, the the thing says you have no friends, you have no enemies, you only have teachers. And if you can understand oh, that, beautiful. the world opens up to you because then even your worst tormentor or your worst boss is just your teacher and you need to learn from that. Beautiful. You know, wow. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you and I had a basically a life-threatening accident December 14th last year and I still I still live in pain because of it and if I don't use this pain as my teacher then I'm a jerk then then the accident was just wildly expensive and the pain is just hurt but I'm using it I'm talking about it on stage and I'm and I'm putting it into my writings and I need to learn from this or my life will get smaller and I will become literally bent and weak I, if I don't take charge of this.
0: What an incredible way to look at that to turn that pain into a teacher and ah uh, so beautiful. You know what?
1: It's funny because I talk about it and I say listen, I don't really have a choice because I you know, I'm I it's there all the time in my body. And when I'm talking to the crowd, I say yeah. listen, you have a choice ahead of you and your choice is more difficult and less obvious. Wow. But everybody has got you know what I call cruising pain. you can walk around i can i we can hang out together and you wouldn't know it unless you asked me to touch the top of my head or something or reach behind <laughs> my back. things I can't do right now, but I say you know I talk about cruising pain. I say listen, here's your cruising pain, one, your inability to ask for what you're worth, two, the relationship that you're in that chafes now because you've lost the ability to talk honestly to your partner, three you know, and I just go on this list of like you know, pain that people are possibly in. Yeah. Take charge of your life. You know, yeah. people who brag about how much um, time they spend at work show a complete lack of commitment to their lives. And I know people like that. And I don't talk to them anymore because I can't, wow. I just can't deal with that, that mentality.
0: Yeah. Being busy and working is a badge of honor. You know, the busier yeah. you are, the more of a workaholic you are, you're crushing it. Yeah. And crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All of this has been awesome. Before we keep going, let's just take a quick ad break. So many of our guests started their businesses by wearing all the hats, which requires a really diverse range of skills. And a lot of you are building your side hustle and figuring things out. So I definitely think you should check out Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. Maybe you're ideating on your next side project, or pursuing a lifetime passion, or learning a new skill for your day job. Whatever it is, Skillshare has classes for you. They have classes in illustration, photography, creative writing, marketing, even pricing your work or strategies for launching your a career, which I think is all super valuable for you. You can join the millions of students learning on Skillshare with a special offer. Get two months of Skillshare for free at skillshare.com slash dreamjob 2 I love learning on Skillshare. I've taken their classes in productivity, even watercolor painting and social media. It's such a good way to stay inspired to learn because as an entrepreneur, it's really important to keep building your toolkit if you wanna be growing and evolving. So you can get two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to skillshare.com dreamjob2. Again, go to skillshare.com dreamjob2. That's the number two to start your two months now. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Simple Health. Simple Health makes taking care of your health, well, simple. It's super convenient. You can get birth control prescribed, renewed and delivered from wherever you are on your schedule. Simple Health cuts down barriers that should never prevent women from getting birth control, like access to a doctor, insurance status or cost. It's a really discreet and comfortable option. No labels on the shipment or telling anyone your sexual activity, just you and your phone at home. You know you're in good hands because Simple Health only offers trusted brands of birth control. In fact, licensed doctors, health help design the product and they review every patient with rigor and care. And then they personalize a recommendation based on your health profile and personal preferences. Plus their doctors can prescribe over a hundred brands of the pill as well as the patch or ring, whatever you want. It's also really affordable. They accept insurance and birth control is free with most insurance plans. If you don't have insurance, birth control pills will start at about $15 a month and delivery is free for everyone. This service is not a replacement for routine evaluations by your primary care physician or gynecologist, but it is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. The prescription is usually $20, but Simple Health is offering you a prescription for free. Just go to simplehealth.com slash dreamjob or enter the promo code dreamjob at checkout. That's a free prescription when you go to simplehealth.com slash dreamjob or enter the promo code dreamjob at checkout. Talk about purpose. That's why everything you're doing is just really absolutely changing the world, one human being at a time who you get your paws on. In the end of your book, you wrap it up with purpose. And let's talk about why you end this book with purpose.
1: Yes, the whole book ends with purpose because without a purpose, without understanding who you are and having some definite goals, and hopefully the book is full of, you know, a few bits of advice that you can kind of carry with you. Mm-hmm. But most people don't have a purpose, so they're adrift. Meaning they, their whole life is basically either a cliche or a habit, right? They wake up and they eat the same thing and they drive to work unhappy Mm -hmm. and they, or they, even if they meditate in the morning, you get all clean and meditate and then you drive to work and you're, by the time you're at work, you're pissed off again, (laughs) yeah, you know, but having a purpose for me means I'm able to like wake up excited and hungry and like, what can I do today? What can I do today to make work that matters? What can I do today that's going to speak to somebody? You know, that gives me a drive. That gives me goals constantly. And we have to define our own purpose. You know, most people – one, they don't have it or two, they, they got it from, you know, reading some millionaire's book, but it's not theirs. They haven't developed it themselves. They haven't called it anything, you know, and they start living somebody else's lives, following too many people on Instagram and jumping around and, you know, gathering purpose that way instead of like sitting back and saying, what do I want? What do I have to say?
0: Yeah, I don't think that everybody thinks that they have something that can well, make they do. the world they're better just, or lying. change the world.
1: Yeah, they're lying or they're denying it. It's but they have it. I do some, you know, uh, training with people and the first hour is defining that purpose, is finding that thing, that calling, you know, yeah. the the thing the things that made you weird as a kid. You know, I have a a creative director at Starbucks who I worked with who who um is no longer a creative director at Starbucks. He said, "You know, I worked my way into this position, but I just realized recently that I wasn't born to be a creative director at Starbucks." Mm-hmm. I was born to be a writer. And more than that, I was born to, you know, help kids learn to write and publish. That's so beautiful. I said, okay, let's go. Let's do that. Let's, let's find that. Let's, you, we defined that purpose. Let's figure out the steps. Yeah. You know, at least the first step, because the second one we want, we might not even know until we take the first step.
0: Yeah. It's so beautiful. So I love all of it. Everything you say is like a stuff, healing baby. ointment for the soul. Uh, tell us where we can find you tell us where we can buy your book effect perfuction uh has
1: its own website so there's effectperfuction.com okay. and there's uh jamesvictory.com so um both of them have links to 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 finding the book and finding more about what we do uh those are the two spots and and definitely if you're interested follow me on Instagram because that's where we test and that's where we play and uh that's wow. where we you know communicate with the world
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for the work that you do that opens up other people's souls and gets them doing their thing in this world.
1: You bet. And you know, the, the one last thing about the work I do, yeah. you know, I try not to work. I try to play. I try to play because yeah. really that's where the good stuff is. You know, if yeah. nobody wants to look at work but people want to be mm. surprised. They don't want to be shown the same stuff they've seen before, so that's yeah. what we try to do.
0: So I want you to leave everybody with one piece of advice that comes up right now in this moment because there's there's human beings listening right now. Some of them are on the treadmill, some of them are on the way to work, some of them are in the kitchen watching dishes and there's probably something in them that hasn't gone full fledged into what they love mm-hmm. because they feel inadequate, they don't feel like they're enough, they have imposter syndrome. Yeah, that they're not afraid. Worthy. So in this moment, what do you want to tell that person who's listening?
1: You know, there's one of the rules in the book. One of the major themes in the book is this idea that says in the particular lies the universal.
2: Mm. And
1: what that means is the things that interest you interest others. So you don't have to go looking around or making up ideas to talk about or ideas to work on. The things that interest you interest others. Just pay attention to that thought, that idea, and then you'll never have to make things up again.
0: I love that. That's really awesome. I feel like we always think we have to put out some curated version of ourselves and figure out this thing that must be in our blind spot. That if we could just figure it out, it'd be the key to everything. Yeah, if you can when... just
1: kind of relax. That's the big thing.
0: Yeah, you're like, what if this you is just for real started talking <laughs> about what's really on your heart and the parts of you that are whatever—broken, messy, confused, brilliant—all of it. Just start there. I love everything. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for being here. You betcha. So how amazing is he? Such a great conversation with James. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, don't try to work someone else's job. Find your job. Number two, there's no ritual that says you're in charge now. You already have that permission. Number three, embrace what made you weird as a kid. Those things are what make you great now. Number four, don't poo-poo your gifts. You can let it be easy. Number five, you'll never feel ready. The timing will never be right. So just go. Go done is so much better than perfect. Number six, you have no friends, you have no enemies, you only have teachers. Number seven, in the particular lies the universal. Someone out there is interested in the things that interest you. And number eight, it's not about work, it's about play. That's where the magic happens. Well, you guys are the absolute best and um, I love you so much. I'd love for you to buy this book. You can pre-order it. You can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can get the ebook. You can get the Audible version, but go ahead and pre-order the book and send us a screenshot to hello at don'tkeepyourdater.com so that you can not only get in on this Zoom video chat that I am doing, but also I will be picking five of you and sending you an advanced copy every single month with some other goodies. If you want to stay in touch, you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller because I read all the messages and respond to all of them as well. Also, you can join the Don't Keep Your Day Job community on Facebook where you can meet over 10,000 awesome creatives entrepreneurs just the most supportive community you've ever seen online please subscribe to the show if you haven't already whether on apple podcast wherever you listen and go ahead and leave us a review if this particular episode inspired you to take action or if there's another episode that gave you that aha moment share it with a friend and tell them that this podcast might actually change their life i love you guys i'll leave you with a song of mine and i'll talk to you on thursday The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.
2: If dreams are made of paper, let's make paper mache. We'll build a world together with our hands. And if hope is made of helium, we'll be like balloons. And float away, wouldn't that be grand? can last forever so we're all a little scared but we're not giving up that easy no we wouldn't dare hey hey mr sun don't you set tonight